Welcome to the PRing Your Life podcast, episode number six. This podcast is designed to help age 40 plus athletes live their best life. On this episode, we are going to talk with Mike Willits. Mike is an athletic trainer and has competed, are you ready for this, 123 marathons, over 100 duathlons, and numerous shorter races. He has a wealth of knowledge to share, and we can't wait to learn from him. Let's go. Hi, I'm Dr. Libby. And I'm Coach Alex. Welcome to PR in Life Podcast, where it's all about thriving, not just surviving as an over 40 athlete. I've been a family practitioner for almost 20 years, and I have been dissatisfied with what medicine has to offer athletes. Now, as a functional medicine doctor, I've teamed up with Alex, a functional health coach, to talk about how to get to the root cause of symptoms. And together, we'll teach you how to make 40 and beyond the best years of your life. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hello. It's so good, morning. good to have morning, you. Morning. So good to have you. You know, you are our first guest yes. on our podcast. I feel very honored. Who else? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, Alex and I, we've done a lot of brainstorming about the podcast and um, what kind of things we want to share and what kind of guests we want to have. And you were top on our list, mister, because... You're a legend. That's why. You, I don't know about that. <laughs> yes, you absolutely are. And I was trying to think... Um, you know, when I first met you, and I remember knowing about you before I ever actually met you. And, you know, you're, you are kind of a legend in this area, yeah. for sure. And everybody's always called you Doc Willits, because you have such a wealth of knowledge and information to share people and share with people. And, um, you know, when I had my injury, when I injured my hip, the first person I reached out to was you. Because I knew, you know, I'm a doctor. I mean, I should know how to right. fix my hip, right? right? But I really didn't know what to do. And I remember reaching out to you on a Monday morning after it really had gotten bad on a Sunday. And um, you graciously helped me and get, got me the right care right. and, and helped lead, lead me to fixing that. And um, I've just always been impressed with your knowledge, your caring, um, I'm super impressed with all your athleticism. And um, when I think about you, I, I think about times that I've run with you and just how encouraging you are, how humble you are. And another thing I love about you too is just how your face lights up when we talk about your family. And especially now those little grandsons of yours who are just yes. absolutely adorable. Well, I've been been very blessed, obviously. And, and i I guess the the ironic part is I never considered myself an athlete, you know, and, and you've all heard this story about, I, you know, I was the last kid chosen in school and yes. all those types of things. But I've always been interested in athletics and obviously with the athletic training part and all mm -hmm. that type of thing that uh, I guess that's probably one of the things that's motivated me is to stay, stay in shape because I'm around young people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've always kind of tried to be that role model. Well, you know, I need to kind of live and walk the walk if you're mm -hmm. going to talk the talk and that type of thing. So uh, I've always, you know, I think the running community is a very encouraging group. You know, yes. I'm, I'm sitting here with, with two outstanding ladies that are good athletes themselves and have done Ironman and so forth. And, uh, you know, when you, when you walk, you know, walk in that, I guess, in that zone where we live with, with the athletes and so forth, I think everybody is 
is better. You know, there's there are other people that are always better than us. You know, mm-hmm. exactly. Yes, and and that's that's the thing that you look at is like you know I I need to kind of stay in my lane and say yeah I'm I'm pretty good in this age group or in, in this area or whatever, but there's always somebody going to be better. And I guess that's probably one of the reasons you compete is to, to hold yourself out against other folks, but mostly for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, the person that you're always competing against is is in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. You know, I don't even care if it's, uh, you know, you go out for a five-mile run or whatever. And some days you don't feel quite like it. This morning I was a little tired and I got going. It's like, eh, that first mile, you know, you get going, your heart rate starts drops back down. It's like, wow, that's that's going to be a pretty good day. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's the that's the thing that you you look at is, you know, I've been very very blessed. I've been very very lucky that later in my life I've had a very successful athletic career. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Alex, how did how did you um You know, it's the same thing. Me. I've known Mike and Sue forever and ever and ever and mm-hmm. ever. I knew them way back when their daughter was in preschool. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So shout out to that. That's giving my age there. So um knew yeah, she's thirty two now. Oh, oh my gosh. Gosh. That's <laughs> crazy. So I knew them way back then, but not as an athlete because, you know, I didn't get into running until later on. So it wasn't, I think, really almost more as a duathlete. I started running into you on the scene then. So it was, it's been a little while, the same thing. But I think, you know, it kind of goes back to what you said. One of the things that always is so encouraging is I always loved on a race course passing by you. It was always that, hey, great job, way mm-hmm. to go, keep going. I mean, it's just always so encouraging. Well, so. We've, we've had a lot of uh, good times. And I, you know, I remember actually, when we kind of reunited, we were doing uh, an Ohio River uh, Roadrunners race on a Wednesday night down at Sugar Creek. Okay, and, yeah. And you ran by it, and it's like, I know that woman, you know, uh-huh. and, we, and we reconnected, and then the, through the duathlon and so forth. And another memory I have, we were down at Deer Creek, and, and you were racing, and Seth was racing, and, and you know, uh, your crazy husband was racing. And, uh, <laughs> of course, they're doing the try, and I'm doing the do. So yeah. I had like a 30-minute head start or a 20-minute, however it was staggered. And I hear Dan, and he was – he had a uh, disc back then yeah. on his bike, and I heard it. And I said, well, I'm going to get blown. You know, Peyton, <laughs> yeah. Dan, you know, is going to blow by me. So there goes Fast AJ. He blows by me. Right. And then, and then Seth is not too far behind because Dan just never cut him any slack. So, never. Yeah. <laughs> so there goes, you know, Seth goes by me. And then a little while later, she passes me. I said, well, I've been oh. passed by three Peytons oh my on that gosh. flat straightaway <laughs> out there before we hit the hills on, on Deer Creek. So. We've, we've just had some great, great yes. times and, you know, the, the, the biking on Tuesday nights and that group and uh, mm-hmm. in the pain cave, uh, Peyton's oh. pain cave and all that with yes. the sweat pot, you know, the sweat puddles underneath of our bikes and so forth. So oh now we've had, uh, we've had some great times. It's just the whole camaraderie of the, of the group is, is great. And everybody is humble. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. When you look at these guys, it's like, you know, this guy's, you know, you know, what Dan did like a 938 and an Ironman and you do mm-hmm. some of these other people you know I, I look at like Susan Lucas she's done like five iron you know it's just it, yeah. it, mm-hmm. it, it's just everybody's humble and it's yeah. like yeah well you know I've won a couple of races and you know, I've won age group and you know I've been all American two two years and this type of thing and USAT but 
that doesn't mean anything. It's like, you know, what are you going to do the next time, the next race, those types of things, and what kind of a person are you? And are you going to bring some other people along and get them to enjoy the sport? And, you know, in the the clinic that I'm working in with with the doctors and so forth, and, you know, I, I see former athletes that I had when I was at South and at Springfield High, and, you know, you know, I've been lucky to stay stay in good health and in good shape, mm-hmm. and uh, I still try to encourage them. You know, yeah. I last uh, about a year ago we were training for a marathon, and it was a horrible Saturday morning. It was ice, so we don't run on ice, right? So Susan and I go in, and we run three hours on the treadmill at Planet Fitness. Wow! So you know, that's like sticking a stick in your eye and people would come by and they just keep looking at you you know you're still here you're still here and (laughs) and the puddle of sweat sound that you know and everybody come by and would come by and i had three of my former athletes they said can we take a picture with you we can't believe you're still out here people think you're crazy right well this is what we do every saturday morning you just don't see us yes exactly and it happened to be because we had to be indoors and you know we had we had that plan that we had to follow and yeah oh absolutely we had to be in there so you know i was thinking too about the ripple effect that um encouraging others has and i, I was thinking about lisa delong yes. and i remember listening to lisa share her story and we're going to have lisa on the podcast yeah. too to share her story yep. because it's a powerful story yes. of what how anything is possible and when you put your mind to something you can do anything but i remember hearing that story and it encouraged me to to go out and want to do an iron man and then i think you know my story encouraged somebody else who then encouraged somebody else who then encouraged somebody else and it's just you never know what how that ripple is is right. going and it's just because you're right you just mentioned so many there's so many people that we know in this community that right. we live in who have accomplished some amazing and you just amazing don't know amazing well and they don't necessarily think of themselves as athletes and yes, that's the whole thing yeah. maybe they were volleyball players or i used to hate to run in gym class you mm-hmm. know all those types of things and it's like this we're out here because we want to uh, be out here, and it's it's fun, it's enjoyable, mm-hmm. and we are, you know, yeah, it's it's health and nutrition and all those components that you know that we talk about when we're serious about you know advancing our ourselves for a race or whatever. But it's just the well being and the and the feel good chemicals and the mm-hmm. feel good after you know the the hugs, the slapping five yeah. and sweating on each other when we used to be able to do all that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, type of thing, and uh, that is the encouragement. And we've, you know, we started out. I know, I know, Alex, you were instrumental in getting the runners group going in Springfield, and you know, we had the runners clinics and those types of things. And I think we got five or six hundred people on the yeah on our Facebook site yeah, and those it's types. Amazing. Of, it's it's amazing. It started out just as a little core. I know Barb Perenic was involved with that, and mm-hmm. Tony Tucker, and they've moved away, but you know. We've had some some great times with those folks, and, mm-hmm. and there's been friendships that have come out of that as well oh, that have really developed in the friendships. Well, and it's amazing when you look really at how small Springfield is, how extensive our triathlete running community is. I mean, mm-hmm. you really just have so many options, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic, especially having a new bike shop getting ready to open. Yes. Actually, they are open. Um, just more resources. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Now, I I want to hear how you kind of got started because I relate to you too. I was yes. never an athlete in high school. Like mm-hmm. if anyone from high school would 
be knowing about me now, they would say, really? That's shocking because she would be the last person picked in gym class back in the day. How did you get started in, in And how old and, were you? Because yeah. I think this is key to so many people that right. say, I, I'm too old. Mm-hmm. I can't get started. It's too much. So I think this is key because yes. we all started as later adults. Yes, so. we sure did. Yes. And, and actually, I've been active all of my life. You know, I would, would bike, um, you know, in college, racquetball was a big thing. So mm-hmm. I was always active and, mm-hmm. and, and stayed in reasonable shape. And then uh, actually, probably one of the things that got me going was Hillary got involved in gymnastics at the YMCA. So, you know, I'd go there, watch practice. So I'd start lifting and so forth. So, mm-hmm. and I was in there and there were some guys in there, but I belonged to the Springfield Y too, when it was the old McGilvery Y downtown. Yeah. So we, you know, again, just lifted, kind of stayed in shape. And I remember one of my workouts was running the steps at the old McGilvery, across, which was across from the post office, or, you know, I'd run up up limestone or run up fountain to to home road and come on back, you know, those types of things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, just moderate. But there were some guys at the Y in New Carlisle when we belonged out there that said, hey, what, well, you know, you're you're skinny, you know, you're you're a runner, you know, you got that runner's build and, and that type of thing. So actually the very first race I ran in was the United Way race. Okay. And with with uh, Springfield City Schools, you know, so I had one of the corporate challenge things or okay. whatever. So I, and people said, well, you're pretty good at it. And I think I ran... I think I ran like a, a 19 5K or something, which right out of the box was, I guess, hey, that's wow. pretty decent pretty or whatever. Good. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty so, good. So it's like, okay. So yeah, I How got old into, were you about that? I was about 44. Okay. See, there yeah, we go, people. So, 44. So my, yeah. So oh, okay. my first marathon was, I was 46. No kidding. So, uh, you know, so people, oh, yeah, you need to run this. You need to run that. So I'd run a 10K. So I went from a 10K to a marathon. Did you really? Which I would I think never I, advise I to think do. Dan and I did the same I thing. I would never do yeah. that. I, I, I pretty much did too. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. would tell people, nah, you'd probably need to do at least a half or two to find out what's out there. <laughs> I don't there. think we did either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't either. And uh, yeah, that's, but I had done the training. I mean, I'd run 20 since uh, the training. And you know, that you talk about a marathon being 10, 10, and 10, you know, the 10 miles, 10 miles, 10K. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the last 10K is, that's no man's land, but no, and that's yeah. so I got into it, and I I told my wife I said you know it's one of the bucket list things. So it was Columbus in '99. So that was your first first, okay. and I wanted to break four hours, and I got a 3:59. So it's like okay, so I got done, and I said uh, this is not going to be my last marathon. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, so, what an experience! The fact that your first marathon you came away with like because either you're like I'm never doing that again, right. check or. I'm hooked. Mm-hmm. So, and I was hooked, and we got in there. So that was in uh, or in uh, October. So I said, eh, you start looking at Boston, and what's the qualifying time? So, so the next year I trained and and went to Pittsburgh, and I thought, okay. So I go to Pittsburgh, and I remember people were talking about, yeah, this is a good. There's really only one hill in Pittsburgh, and this is. So we got <laughs> it, but it was in May of 2000 and got there and it was one of those may days unlike this year it was like 80 degrees and it was actually an olympic qualifying race and there was only one guy that got an a qualifying time because it was so so hot hot. and they were talking about black flagging it and all that type of thing so i went from a 359 to humility of a 422 it was like okay we're going the wrong direction Mm -hmm. and then uh, you know, I tried. I got in Detroit and I ran like a 330. At that time, I needed a 325, and I ran South Bend. So number five was Chicago, and 
six weeks after September 11th of 2001. So it was very, it was a very moving day. It was yeah. an absolute perfect day. All the conditions were perfect. And I got a PR there and qualified for Boston for the first time. And it was like, wow, that was, but I still get thrilled when I qualify for, oh. I've qualified like 34 or 35 times, but it's still thrilling. Wow. And I've done it four times and it's still, I'm gonna do it again next year. And uh, or I hope to do it next year. And um, Boston is still, it's crazy. Logistics are crazy. Mm -hmm. All those things are. But what an experience. What an experience. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, I did New York last year. I like it even better. I mean, New York's the biggest marathon in the world, but uh, yeah, Boston is still Boston just because of all their tradition there. Yeah. And mm -hmm. They treat you so well up there that mm -hmm. everybody treats you like an Olympic athlete. And it's, it's, it's so great, you know, and um, I ran it the year uh, after the bombing, and that year was particularly moving. And they, everybody's, you know, it's just like this whole thing now with this, you know, with the COVID thing, people mm -hmm. are scared and this and that. And we went up there, they said, hey, thanks for coming back. And I, everybody was saying, there's nowhere else I'd rather be mm -hmm. is here. And there was no apprehension. I mean, security was crazy, which it is anyway, but... Um, and then I ran it last spring a year ago, which was five years to the date. It was the same date. Oh, so okay. it was a big deal last year too. And, uh, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's just a really, really neat experience. And yeah, for marathoners, that's probably the pinnacle is to, to be able oh, to run in Boston. Absolutely. And, uh, and it, there's a lot of people, there were a couple of people from Springfield here. So we went out and, you know, had, had dinner and all that type of thing mm -hmm. and just, uh, it's just a very, very, it's a very unique experience from the time you get there, when you step off the bus in Hopkinton, uh, you know, it says if you're standing on, if there's such a thing as hallowed ground for distance yeah. runners, you're standing on it, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you've seen that and uh, you get off there and it's, it's a very, very moving experience. And then coming, making that left turn on Boylston. Coming down crowds. That, I'm getting oh, chills right now because you can still well, think about it. Just what that feels coming, just, yeah, coming just, through there. Because the crowds are, I mean, last year was a perfect day again. Started off raining, crazy, storm. and um, But by the time I was going up uh, into, into Newton and um, up the big hills, it was 77 degrees. But mm -hmm. I had been training last year in Florida. Yeah. So the heat so didn't bother me, but there were a lot of D, there were a lot of people DNF because they got they got hot. Yeah, they hadn't trained. They had, I yeah. remember reading the book Twenty Six Miles to Boston, and it was such a great book because it really made me appreciate and take the time. Like the first time I did it, it was I don't care what my time is. I want to appreciate all the history of the race. I want to you know clap hands going through Wesley and mm -hmm. I uh, just all the little things and the hugs and the signs and right. the fun things that people are doing along the way and just it was just so amazing. Well, I carried my phone with me last year and we were going through well you talk about going through Wellesley and it's they call it the scream tunnel and yes. they've got barricades there because the girls just the keep girls, coming out I and know. the road gets narrower <laughs> and narrower and uh, it's it's just it's just such a such a neat experience it to is. go through there and uh, when you get up, you know, you hit hit out of Newton and you hit 17 through 21 where you get those three or four big hills and it's like, eh, your legs are getting tired. And I remember the first year I went out there, they said, 
you know, that it's, it's wicked hot. It's wicked hot. You know, it's like, hey, the first 10 miles are downhill and you're just so, yeah. so geeked up. And like, yeah, when you get out there, it was hard. And I made every rookie mistake. And I, you know, and actually I ran last in last April, I PR'd Boston. Okay. So wow. again, going back from 2002, my first time, I PR'd from, you know, I was what, 20 years older or whatever. And, and I ran five or six minutes faster. Wow. So you that's can amazing. do that. And the thing is, you know, they talk about uh, distance runners. You've got a five to seven year window to improve once you start mm-hmm. at any age. And uh, there's that's pretty, pretty well researched and proven. So you can still improve. Now, I don't know that I could go run a 325 again. Right. Uh, I trained with somebody and ran with somebody. I ran the half in Columbus last year and I paced her and I went back out and got her at the end. So I had run about 20 miles, but she ran a 329 and I don't think I could run a 329. So I ran a 142 half and then went back out, jogged back out and picked her up at 20 and ran her back in the last six. But I could not have run that pace the whole time. Yeah. So that that I know, you know, the PR days are gone. You know, so I go, well, you know, I, I PR each race. You know, this yeah, is the you first are. time I've done this race or whatever. And I haven't done too many, too many repeats. I've repeated um, Missoula, Montana, because they don't have a lot of races in Montana. Uh, I've done that one twice, and uh, you know, obviously Boston. But most of the other races are singles. You know, I've done each one one time as I've gone through the states. Just like the new experience, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's new, and you know you meet different people, and and that's actually the first time I saw the maniacs was in it was in Missoula the first time we were out there, and uh, you know I looked at these guys and I said you know what you see all these guys in these wacky jerseys and mm-hmm. singlets and I talked to them and they said well get online and look about it so. You know, I, I joined that group, and that's that is a wacky group. They've written. There's some guys that've written some books too. So it's they just just run. They have no yeah. p- necessarily uh, speed, mm-hmm. but it's also another social group. Mm-hmm. When you go and whenever you pass another maniac, they always say, hey maniac, and they ask what your number is and that type of thing. Do you wear your marathon maniac yeah. jersey? So yeah, you wear that, yeah. Wear that singlet. So yeah, that, I've got that one too. So yeah. So and that's a cool thing because again, it's a social thing and it's. You always have a cheerleader or two at every race. You do. Yeah, you do. It's like an instant friend, you yes. know, which is so yeah. cool. So now tell us about the 50 states. So you've done all a marathon in each of the 50 states. Yes. And yeah. from what I understand, almost a second time around. Right. Plus 49. Yeah, plus 49. <laughs> Missing North Dakota through some so, uh, travel uh, arrangement issues. But yeah. So, so uh, a marathon in each of the 50 states. Well, again, you start, wow. you know, you start looking at goals mm-hmm. and I'm a goal guy mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, and I train with uh, numbers. So you look at numbers and we were talking before about uh, Brian DeSantis, Coach DeSantis out at Shawnee. He's mm-hmm. a, it's a numbers guy. And uh, I have, I'm that way myself, whether it's VO2 max or, you know, body composition or nutrition or whatever. So... Uh, I started and obviously I had a goal to do one and then Boston and then I saw the maniac. So I learned about that and I said, that sounds like a pretty cool thing. And then you start looking at it and it's like, well, I had 10 states and it's like, well, there's a 50 states group. And then I looked and then there was a hundred states group. And then there's a group that does all the world majors. So I've done three of the six and I was supposed to do Berlin this fall, but that 
is right now postponed. So I have a goal of doing all six world majors. And so then there's the seven continents. So I said, well, why not do the seven continents? So I'm doing, you know, I'm going to do Antarctica in January, which I was lucky enough to get into. They only take 40. Wow. So that's in the world. There's only, there's three, I, three marathons in yeah. Antarctica. This is the only one where they actually fly there. I've yeah. watched that. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I've got, yeah. the, I, 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 you know, it's one of those things when you sign up for, it's like, maybe I bit off a little more than I could chew. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I walk, you know, this is like one of those, you know, that's the thing in marathons. You, you have to, it, you walk. You walk. Right. So, so, and that's the thing. And it's like, if I'm going to do it and, you know, so we've made vacations out of it. And I, I joke with my wife all the time that, uh, you know, let's just go on vacation. Darn it. There happens to be a marathon. There, so we may as well do the marathon. We went to Iceland last August and, uh, what a, what a place. And we had a great time. And, you know, it seems like we always have these like travel adventures. So we're coming back and we're in the we're in the air about an hour. There's only like one flight a day off of the island. So um, we get out about 45 minutes and the pilot comes on and I, f- I feel the plane is kind of turning around. And the pilot says, well, uh, we've got an engine overheating and we're going to go back. And it's like, so I knew we were going to be staying. So we get, we're landing and they say, so the pilot comes on and this you know, very calm manner, kind of the manner that I say when I see like a bone sticking out or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see this all the time. <laughs> yeah. So he says, you may see some uh, rescue equipment when we land. So we're out there and not only do we land, there's surrounded by fire equipment and all this stuff. They were away from the terminal. And so, of course, as soon as we land, everybody gets on their phone. So like, we're on the news. It's an emergency landing. You know, we lost an engine and all this stuff. So it's like, you know, so we got an extra day in Iceland. And it's that like, we've had some adventures fear. like that. I mean, we've had some some plane scares and all those types of things. And, you know, we've had some cancellations. You know, mm-hmm. I know, remember, you had a cancellation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were in New York City. We were supposed to run in Central Park. And we were at the start line, and they canceled the race because they had like two inches of snow. It's like... Two it's dangerous conditions. Really? It's like, are you kidding me? We're in the Midwest. Huh, we don't even geez. call this. A, we don't even call this a snow shower. It's a warm up. And yeah. then uh, I was supposed. To, I was literally at the airport to get on a plane to go to Connecticut, and they canceled the race. They were having a snowstorm come through Connecticut. So, it, you know, that's just just part of it. And I've had a few injuries. Um, you know, I've had to back out of a couple races. Yeah, that or, was, tell yeah, us tell about us. injuries. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you you know. The, when I talk to people and, and I train people, we have a standard joke about what we call first-time marathoners. And they say, well, what is that? And I said, injured. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like 90%, you know, and you try, uh, what we talk about is not bending that coat hanger. You keep bending that coat hanger, and you ladies certainly know, mm-hmm. uh, you get stress fractures. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so you try to, to be very, very judicious in your training. And we were talking about junk miles and those types of things. Every workout needs to have a purpose. purpose. Why do we go? And if, and as you go along, you also need to realize that there are some days just like I can blow off a workout. You know, it's not necessarily that I have to do that's on that chart, but you know, 
I can back out of it if I'm not feeling well. Mm-hmm. well and, and, and people don't realize it's better to be undertrained than overtrained. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, 100%. You think if I just do more, I'm ready. Well, not really. Because right. you can yeah. line up undertrained, but you can't line up overtrained. No. That's and you, so you're true. hurt. And, uh, uh, you know, I've had so many people come in and. You know, they're like six weeks out or four weeks out, and they come in with a stress fracture, and then they have to scratch. And, uh, you know, you've trained all that, and it's, it's, it is heartbreaking. And I, I tell my docs when I go in there, I say, first of all, for runners, don't ever tell them they have to stop running. Mm-hmm. You need to tell them they need to change modalities. You know, you say, well, we're going to bike, or we're going to step, swim. or we're going to swim. Yeah. And, and, and my doctors are very, they're athletes themselves and they understand that athlete mindset. Mm-hmm. And when, when you tell a runner not to run, they're gonna say, I don't like that doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they could be the best doctor on, on the planet, but when you tell a runner not, they're not gonna run, that's like, they don't wanna hear that. You're gonna need to tell them, okay, you're gonna be in a boot for a while and you're gonna get better, and, but we need to do this, this, and this. And you just have to understand that mindset. and. And, and my, my guys are really, really good about that. And, uh, but injuries, you know, you got to kind of work through it and you got to be smart about it. And that's, that's the thing. And, and some days you have to, to look at yourself and say, today, I just, I'm just, I just can't do it. I got to back off. And mm-hmm. I had a little calf thing and this, this is January. And I just, for whatever reason, I was actually doing a very easy workout, um, we do a Planet Fitness workout on Monday. We leave from Planet Fitness and do a six-mile loop around Springfield. And I was actually just made a turn to come down Fountain, and it's like, bam, it just hit me in the calf. And I had a race coming up in like 10, 12 days. And it's like, so I babied it and jumped off the running into biking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got about 17 or 18 miles into it, and it was really, really hurting. But I just backed off, and... Uh, I was lucky enough, and I was wearing a sleeve, and I just, when I went through the aid station, shoved ice in there, and, you know, you kind of put it out of your mind for a while, and so I'll deal with a pulled muscle later. So I got through and got the race done. But mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, I mean, it happens. I've had, uh, I had one DNF, and I was in the Yukon, and, uh, you know, it was a very expensive race, you know, to get up there probably about $5,000 for flights and hotels and all that kind of stuff. And you're in no man's land. I mean, it is beautiful country, but there's no one around. And I had, I got sick. I had stomach issues and, uh, I got to about 12 and a half miles and I I always promised my wife that I wouldn't die on a run. (laughs) So (laughs) if you can help it, right. If I can help it. And I pulled the plug. I just, I was so dehydrated, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's, it happens. It's, if you run long enough, you're going to have a DNF. But yes. I'll tell you, it haunts. It haunted yes, it does. me for a I long. I think I have one, and I still remember it. Oh, yes. I mm-hmm. yeah. I was lucky enough to come back, and I did a duathlon like three or four weeks later. It was actually down at Caesar's Creek, and I remember finishing that day, and I just felt redemption, you know. And I had a really, really good race that day. And uh, but boy, that DNF. You know, I've had a few other times in marathons where I was in Tulsa, and I was at the half, and it was I had pulled another the other calf muscle. And I, I remember coming up to the half, and I said, "Okay, I can go down that chute and be done, or I can walk, crawl, whatever the second thirteen, 
but I'm not. And that's what I did. And I would walk and then I'd jog and I'd walk and I'd jog. And I just remember coming home on the plane. I was so miserable because my leg hurt so bad, but I finished. Right. Because that's the DNF haunted me. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it it comes back. It's like, you know, you, you never see yourself as a quitter. Yeah. And that was so hard. I mean, that's inside of you. And yeah. it just it just haunts you. As a as an older athlete, w- even in the past ten years, what do you say you've changed differently about your training, if any? I have the thing I have definitely changed is I spent a lot of time in the gym. Okay, I spent a lot of time in the gym. Probably, you know, probably two thirds running, one third in the gym. And I work a lot on just body maintenance stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd Strength come back, and- yeah. We had come back from uh, from Alaska probably four or five years ago, and I, again, I did not have a great race that day. It's a it's a pretty hilly course, and um, I just remember it's an uphill finish, and I just remember running up that up last uphill. And I was like, I'm just dying. And I came back and I I came to see one of my therapists, and I said, Dude, I am. I had a hip issue, and I said, dude, I'm broke. So, you know, he goes through, starts doing an eval, and it's like, he says, do a squat. You know, and you think, okay, I've done a gazillion. So I learned wrong again. You know, I had unlearned proper technique. So he said, that's awful. So I had to rebuild that, and that just like the light bulb went on because it's like, okay, you go out and do a marathon, 42,000 steps or whatever it is. And if you do something wrong 42,000 times, you're going to pick up bad habits. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had done. I would picked up a lot of bad habits. So it's like, okay, so I am really, really very aware of doing things properly. I'm, I'm not a big lift a lot. I lift, you know. Which you moder- don't have to. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. But I lift moderate weights because, you know, I don't want to be all, you know, muscle bound or whatever. Like we say on the bike, you got... Carrying around five extra pounds, that's five extra pounds you got to carry around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a power to weight ratio. So, you know, people say, Well, you're, you know, you know I want to weigh about 139, 140 when I'm biking. They say, Why do you want to lose five pounds? It's like because I'm more muscular and less, less weight than right. I have mm-hmm. to carry on the bike. And on the bike, it's a big deal. Yeah. And uh, that type of thing. So, yeah, just the, just the weight training and being very, very religious about that. And I, Probably two or three years ago, I cleaned up my diet a little bit, but I, I still eat fast foods. I mean, my job, you know, I have a crazy job. You my do. hours are crazy. You know, we got games on Friday nights. We got games other nights or whatever. And you never, people say, well, I saw you here. I saw you there. It's like, you know, yeah, that's, I'm all over, you know. Still. And that's, and I absolutely love it. And, you know, at 67 years old, you say, well, you know, there's a lot of my cohorts that are, you know, have health issues or whatever. And I, you know, I take nothing. I have, you know, I take supplements mm-hmm. and, but I do not take, I'm not on any medicine. I don't have blood pressure, you know, my blood, you know, um, yeah. Dr. Sarah hands my doctor and he, he just says, just keep doing what you're doing, you know, because yeah. like, your, your blood pressure is good, heart rate. And, you know, you talk about, you were talking about overtraining before, you know, I do my heart rate about every morning before I get out of bed. Okay. And that can tell you, are you overtraining? If you're you know? rested or not. If yeah. you're rested you or ready? not. Yeah, and that's those are just the numbers, just simple little things like that to say, yeah, today, 
you know, I, I, you know, I'll switch workouts. I'm not going to go do a hard workout today. You know, we'll, we'll do an easy, or as I say with my buddies, you know, we're going to do low and slow, you know, that yeah. type of thing. Well, what I'm hearing you say, and I, I love this, is that everything you do is with some intentionality. Yes. And I think, you know, just in life in general, so many people are just kind of on default mode. Right. We just wake up and do what, you know. I don't know, whatever feels right in the moment, I guess, when it comes to just life, but also when it comes to training. And I think to be successful, as you have all these years, there has to be some intentionality. And it sounds like there's an awful lot of intentionality in the way you train, in the way that you take care of yourself. And I think that is one of the super keys to success. Well, and here's here's the deal. You know, we're going through some very trying times now. And I was actually uh, on my way to Chicago to a symposium for athletic training uh, in March. So comes over my phone, I look down and the race that I was, I was supposed to go to Chicago Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I was coming back Friday night, Saturday morning, I was flying to Baltimore racing on Sunday, which is like, this is just like what I do. That's your life. This is what I do. You know, I, my wife, a lot of times will not go and she says, I'm not going with you for 36 hours and spending half the time in the airport. That's just not her type of Mm -hmm. fun time. So we were going to do that. So my race gets canceled. So it's like, oh, gee. So we get up there, the symposium, we get up there. It's, we have one day, they send us home. So in like the next couple of days, HFP series, which is the duathlon triathlon yeah. series, that is now they pulled all the permits from the state parks. So so for about two weeks, it's like, man, I, I lost my mojo a little bit. It's like, mm-hmm. what am I training for? Mm-hmm. And then I was going to do rock and roll Nashville. That was canceled. So it's like, why am I even running? Well, yeah. it, it you know it shocked me a little bit. So there was like a, a week, and I was kind of nursing a little thing anyway. So I was like, but then I was like, no. So I still get up every morning at six, you know, and it's like, okay, I, you know, I've got to get out, and get going. So mm-hmm. I'm doing 40, 45 miles a week right now, and I have no races on the horizon for yeah. at least three months. Well, we were kind of talking about this before that this has been. F- including my husband, a forced rest of not getting up at 4.45 every morning to be at the pool and then trying to do two-a-days and getting ready to ramp up, same as you. Race season was canceled and just seeing what that looks like. But then he's had the same thing as you of, what am I doing? Yes. I don't have any races. I don't have anything to train for. So kind of stepping back and and re-looking at new goals and kind of re- realizing why you are doing what you're doing because you love to run yes Mm -hmm. so what we've done yeah uh we're still training you know i will throw a tempo in there but we're doing a lot more trail running so we've been out and looking at some different trails and this area we have is oh my goodness we are so lucky people need to get out people need to get out uh i don't care if you're going to the reservoir or john bryan or george rogers but they're those are the big areas, but I mean, there are so many. You know, we we ran over in Taylorsville. We've run a couple of days over. T- I love Taylorsville. Yeah, yeah. and we ran uh, two weeks ago. We ran in, at, at East uh, Eastwood, and we ran down to down into Dayton. And I thought this is a great run. You know, it's along the river. Yeah. And then last week we ran the other way towards towards Fairborn, and it's like. There's just a lot of great, you know, we hit John Bryan once a week. We usually do that on Wednesday just because it's... It's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful it's down there. there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, the trails are good and they've got the, the new bridges open and which I don't recommend going on the other side unless you're going to walk because that is not really, it's very difficult to run on the other side. Uh, there's still a lot of trees down, but you know, the biking down there. So there's, 
we've got such good places around here and, and you know you know you can go to Beatty. I mean, Yellow Springs. There's so many good places to go, and uh, you know, and that's one thing. I guess we went out. Um, we took the Hudson and Sawyer out two weeks ago when it was nice. That one Saturday, we went biking, and we biked from Troy down to Tip City. Had lunch in Tip City. Of course, ate on the sidewalk, but yeah. you know, had a little picnic lunch on the sidewalk. But you know. And there were so many people out. Mm-hmm. There were so many people out. And it's like, so if anything, maybe this people are realizing that. Reconnecting. Yeah, yeah. That they can get out with their families and so forth. And we've got s- such great trail systems around here to get out there and, and utilize those. So We I were mean, on the bike trail that exact same day. We took our girls on a bike ride. And yeah, yeah it was it was there beautiful. There were so many people. And, you know, you get down at, at uh, I know John Bryan is, there's usually a lot of cars down there, you know, unless it's raining, but um, there's usually a lot of cars down there and people on the trails and so forth. And it's, it is a beautiful place. So, yeah. So trying to make something good out of this. I mean, this, we've been forced into a situation that we didn't want to be in, Right. but you know, and I had a week too, where I kind of sulked and just ate a bunch of bad food. Right. <laughs> just thought, exactly. If I can't do what I want to do, I'm not going to do anything. Right. And then I realized, and, you know, for me lately, it's and CrossFit's been my thing. I mm-hmm. love to CrossFit now, but I love to run too. Right. And now that I can't CrossFit, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to spend some more time doing a little bit more right. running now. Yeah. And um, so, you know, you just have to kind of change your perspective a little right. bit and not what can't I do, right. but what can, can I? I do. Right. And I also, you know, wanted to just touch on your point that you made too about just listening to your body and right. your plan. And that was my struggle for years is yeah. that I'm, you know, I'm a numbers person too. <laughs> yeah. And we talked about that. Yes. And the plan says do this. And I just, there was such a part of me that just couldn't not do it even when my body was telling me right Libby this is not a good idea and it's taken some just maturity and aging to mm-hmm. get to that spot that yes it's you know and, and I think for me it was I needed I needed to do it all to have the confidence going into the race right if I didn't check them all off I didn't feel confident in my abilities and you know but you're right you I mean undertrained versus overtrained is, is a better well place and I to tell be. people that when I train with them and, and I've trained several people that have done fulls and i said the 20 miler is a confidence run and the the Mm -hmm. first time you run it you think man i got six more miles after i said get to the 20 don't Mm -hmm. worry about the six the six will be okay Mm -hmm. and uh but you get to that 20 and in my training plan you're going to run at least 23 times Mm -hmm. so the first time it may be awful. It may take you five hours. You know, you're just like, I, I, what am I doing? You know, this, and a lot of it depends on when you're training. If it's in the summertime, you got the heat mm-hmm, added to yeah. it and everything else and those types of things. But, but getting out to 20 and I said, okay, could you run, could you run another 10 K? Could you run six? And I said, and you could run on that. You know, we was talking about nutrition and all that along the way and hydration and those types of things. But yeah. So, you know, to, to follow that, to follow a plan is very, very important, but you have to be able to modify it. You mentioned the word maturity, and I remember there was an article in Runner's World about what kind of a runner are you? And that's, I tease some of my other running buddies. It's like, well, are we mature runners? And, and that's mm-hmm. the thing, is mm-hmm. to be able to back off and know your, know your body, know yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, most of the people that I'm with right, training with right now could go out and run a half marathon any day of the week mm-hmm. and call that a training run, Right. you know? We run on on any given Friday or Saturday when we run. We may run 
13, 14, like last week, we ran 16 miles. Mm-hmm. So that's a training run, you know? Right. So it's like... So you're prepared for anything. Anything. Yeah, and that's you really are. So, so when we do start racing, now, are we at 100%? No, you don't stay at 100%. You can't stay there. That's that right. bending that coat hanger again. You know, we're running at 80, 90%. You know, I ran a couple weeks ago by myself. I went out and did a 14 miles in about an hour and 52, 53 minutes. So it's like, that's like a 340, 345 marathon. So I pushed myself. I was by myself. And I went out there with the intention of seeing, it was just a check. Where's my conditioning? Mm-hmm. So do I do that last week? No. I went out and ran 10 in like an hour and 35 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. 10, 10 miles. So it's like, that was you know, it was a different, different perspective. So it was a different goal that you had for the day. day. Absolutely. So that's the thing. So I know that I haven't lost anything. I know where I'm at and and that type of thing. So, and that's what you have. You talk about intentionality or whatever. It's just like, why are we doing it? We don't go out and just run junk miles. Right. Um, So yeah, that's the key thing. And I mean, you know, you ask about aging and all those things, uh, you know, you, you get older, there's no, you know, but you don't have to slow down. I mean, you look at what you could do. It takes a little bit longer to recover. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be able to run a marathon on Sunday, and by Tuesday I was ready to, to recycle and all those types of things. Um, it may take me, you know, depending on the course and how hard, it may take me a week to recover. Mm-hmm. Or it may take me three or four days to recover from a hard run. Uh, or, you know, a hard weight training session. So Mondays are usually easy days and hard leg days in the gym. And a lot of times, Wednesday and Thursday, my legs are still sore from those RDLs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, yes. And, the, and the squats and stuff. So, but that's that's a big difference. But, but again, you know, just staying on top of it, staying on top of your nutrition and those types of things. Absolutely. So. 100%. What's the future hold for you? Well, I want to finish the, the seven continents mm-hmm. um, and I want to finish the, the world majors. And uh, I guess probably at the end of that, at some point, then I'd like to go do the North Pole. So I will have done North Pole and South Pole type of thing. The North Pole is, uh, that kind of puts you in a different a different group also. There's the group that's done the seven continents and there's also the group that's done the seven continents and the, and the North Pole too. That's another little thing. So you always got to have some goal. And, yes. Yeah. Uh, it keeps it interesting. It, it keeps does. it exciting. You know? I want to do next year, I said I want to do Boston and they also have the Boston Big Sur. So you run Boston on Monday and Big Sur the next Sunday. So you do East, West, coast okay in six days i would love to do big stuff. Yeah, i would like to do to, it too. it's hard to get into it even though i don't run anymore yeah it's <laughs> uh they take 400 um that do boston so again it's okay. a lottery system so i'm going to do boston in uh, on a monday and then fly out and do big sur the next sunday and yeah big sur is oh. It's a beautiful area out there. You know, the big thing is the piano guy playing on the Bixby Bridge when you go over the Bixby Bridge oh. coming into, you know, coming into Pacific Grove and Pebble yeah. Beach, that whole area in Monterey. It's just a beautiful, beautiful area. So I, I want to, you know, that's another little challenge, kind of a little intermediate goal, you know, that yeah. type of thing. As, aside of Boston, is Boston your favorite marathon? Absolutely. Say? What about second favorite? Take Boston Probably, away. Probably, I like Chicago. Okay. okay. Chicago is, it's flat. It's fast. There's been several world records set there. They do a great, it's a great race. It's very, very well attended. Uh, 
I like New York. This, this was the first year I did New York. And uh, again, it's logistics is a big deal. Uh, we got there and, and uh, we stay, we've been to New York several times. We have the same hotel we stay in near Times Square and down in the theater district and all that. So you have to, you meet at a rally point to pick up the buses and the buses bus you out to Staten Island, but it's 4.30 in the morning mm-hmm. and it was cold. And the, Boston, they have tents and all that. Staten Island, you're sitting in a parking lot. Okay. You're sitting in a parking lot. And it was probably about 45 degrees and it was breezy. But once you got going, and again, you know, you're dealing with, I think there were 52,000 finishers or whatever in, in, in New York this year. So it never thins out. But coming over the, you know, when you're, you start on that, you know, the Veronzano Bridge and all that, and coming over that bridge into Brooklyn and the screams. I mean, it's from then on, you're never alone until until the end. There's a bridge going on back into Manhattan, and then and then once you get into Manhattan, going down uh, the uh, let's see, the west west side, and then turning in Central Park. I mean, that whole area is just crazy. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely crazy. So Andy did that one. He yeah, did New York, and yeah. he got the coolest shirt. I mean, he still has it. He yeah. did it. I can't remember what year it was. It was a while back. Yeah, yeah. before I did any marathons, I think. Yeah. But he said it was a really cool experience. It's it's a very neat experience. So, so the big races, you know, they're neat, but the little races are neat too. I mean, mm-hmm. I've done races. Um, the the race in Yukon, there were six finishers, mm-hmm. and so it's it's fun. I did a race. Um, we did a little trail race outside of uh, Baltimore. You know, we finished, crossed the finish line. My car was parked right there, jumped yeah. right in the car and yeah. go. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like you know, you're just like, oh, I'm 30 yards from the finish line. And, you know, you get into the big cities, it's like, yeah, you got to take it. You got to, in, in in Chicago or New York or Boston, you got to walk back to your hotel. Yeah. And, you know, it may I, be a mile or two to walk back. I kind of like the little races yeah. myself. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, re- I don't think people really appreciate as much as they should the Ohio Roadrunners Association. Oh, it's Association. a great group. I mean, they put on some of the best small, mm-hmm. if you're a member, free yeah, races. Yeah, free. Just all the time. You talk about all the trails everywhere. Yep. It's they hit yeah. a lot of the Dayton Metro Parks. We do a race out here at George Rogers. Um, they they do a great job, and it's all volunteer. And yeah. It's, it, for a twenty five dollar membership, you get. Oh, you it's can, wonderful. And in the summer, there's a race like every week or every other week. Yeah. And uh, they give great little medals. And again, you meet the people in the area. And again, this area, we've got some Olympic athletes in yeah. this area. And mm-hmm. I tell you what, there's nothing better. You, we always joke about road runners versus trail runners. You meet a whole different level yes. of just awesome kindness on the trails, 100%. Yep. So, Yeah, the trails trails are very interesting. Um, again, it's, it's great. You know, it's, it's your cross-training. It's working on balance. Mm-hmm. Your cadence is different. You're you're hitting different stresses on your body and your joints and so forth. Uh, you're going to fall. Uh, yeah. Thank goodness for me, it's low speed falls. <laughs> but uh, it's you know you're going to get hit in the head with branches. Uh, so you're going to have all that kind of things happen. There's, it, but it's it's a different race or it's a different yeah. run and it's it's fun. You're slower. Uh, I've done a couple of trail marathons and they are. They are difficult. Mm-hmm. I did the the one down in Cincinnati, and whew, 
you know, you're down in southern Ohio, and it's yeah. very, very hilly. And, you know what? Uh, 50Ks were my favorite. Yeah. Honestly, trail 50Ks, I'd rather do that than a marathon road race. Well, I've done one of those, and I'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... I. I I want to do. I I would like to do some more 50ks. It, I, the mindset is different. It's the yes. time is not for the marathon. It's always for me sub four, sub four, sub yeah. four. Mm-hmm. But the 50k, it's it's you have a whole different mindset. It's a more relaxed it's atmosphere. Very relaxed. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. Uh, it's your you the get camaraderie. To eat. Well, the, yeah, you eat, eat. You're eating along the way. It's like, what is this? You're, there's well, they're giving you food. You I know? mean, a cheeseburger at mile twenty two. Yeah. Like, yeah. What is Come that? On. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's a lot better than slurping goo out of a out of a out of a package, right? So, yeah, and it, you know, all of them have their nuances. Another race that was a beautiful little race was in Roxbury, Vermont, and it was running through. Oh the countryside Vermont. Wow. of Vermont. So the, with the salt box houses and mm. the stone fences and all, and it was beautiful. Then I think you should put that race together for us and <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll just go. Well, like a road they trip actually and... have, they've actually moved it because that was actually the one I was going to go back and do the second time and they canceled it because it was in the first week of December. Okay. And they, I think they moved it up into like October or whatever. I'm free in October. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, the other Mount Desert Island on Acadia, I mean, in Maine, oh, is yes. beautiful. Oh, I've been there. Yeah, I've not run so, this. Yeah. It's, well, you run the whole island. You oh, start on yeah. one side and you finish on the south side. And uh, That was another one that was on my, we've yeah, been to Maine and run like Bar Harbor and yeah, stuff. Bar never, Harbor. Yeah, Bar Harbor. You start in Bar Harbor. And uh, it was a cold, rainy day. And I actually ended up at the end, I said, couldn't feel my arms. So I had hypothermia. So I could, oh. a little hypothermia amongst just friends is no big deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> just so, toughens you up just even more. You up. It does. It, it, well, one of those just cold ranges, like 34 degrees. You know, it's like, you know, oh. one of those types of deals. But no, there's so many, um, so many beautiful places we've been able to go. I mean, we the first time we were in uh, in Hawaii, we ran the Ironman course in Kona. And the, yeah. the race director is so funny. He, he's there and he says, he says, it's 5.30 in the morning, so it's just dark. He says, it's hot, it's humid. He says, but listen, there's a volcano over there. The ocean's right there. Shut up and run. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> so I just remember I was thinking about we were coming back. We went to the, you know, that power lab out there, that power station. You make that yes. turn to come back. And it's like, how do those Ironman do that? It was so you know, Libby and I got the chance. We were at a medical, well, I kind of piled around with Libby. We did, she was at a medical conference. And so we went and it was right before the Ironman because Libby worked the finish line for the Ironman as a doctor. And we got to run the course. And it was amazing for us because they had it set up for all the athletes to train all week. So they had water stations out, food stations. We were like, <laughs> we felt kind of wow. weird. It was like, we'd go to these water stations and get water. And I'm like, I'm not really here doing the Ironman. Like, like it. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> it kind of looked like we were, but um, yeah, yeah, it was super cool. I swam the swim course there. Oh, okay. yeah. the Her and Dan went out. Thing. No and, thanks. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. And I, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous in the ocean. You know, like yeah. what's what's in here. And I just went out to swim, and I wasn't sure how far I was going to go. But then I got like, it felt pretty good, and right. I got pretty far out there that I thought. And it was the same thing because for the swimmers, they had um, people on paddle boards and kayaks, right. you know, because people were swimming, yeah. of course. Right. And so what other time to go out and get a great training right. yeah. and, and be safe 
and be safe. And so who knew that two years later we'd be there watching Dan right. do the world championships. Right. So yeah. No, it that's was awesome, that's the though. cool thing. And it's it's I mean, the whole village down there, mm. I mean, oh. the it's it was an incredible place. And you know, we went back and did Maui two years ago and Maui is awesome. I mean, it's the same yes, thing. You start gorgeous. in the dark and the first first hour, hour and a half you're running in the dark. Yeah, and then I you, did that one. I did make Maui. that turn yep. to come back and get on the main road and go through the tunnels and all that, and then you're along the ocean the rest of the way. It's like, yes. yeah, and it just seems like it's downhill and the wind's at your back. It was I remember seeing a, whales as I was going yeah, oh yeah, by the ocean, did. and I thought, yeah. this is yeah. amazing. So we just you know. look over there, and you'd see them breaching, and yeah. it's like, that's yeah. just so cool. <laughs> I, I would mean, say Maui, hands down, is probably one of the most beautiful runs that i can remember yeah. ever yeah. doing yeah it was yeah. it's very nice and you finished down there in lahaina and i was actually able to i had a really really good time and i won the age group and all that uh-huh. so they have a really good award ceremony afterwards they put you on the podium and all that yeah so it was really because everything is there so laid back it's where are you yeah. going right it's like this, this exactly this island, time. History island, island time island <laughs> time yeah absolutely well yeah. as a takeaway what advice do you have for all the wonderful listeners of your secret sauce of keeping out there and keeping going? Well, the if anybody's around me any length of time, they know I have one word, and it's consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you you talked about being intentional. Um, you know, if you set that goal, you want to go out there, you're going to have a bad day or two once in a while. You're going to get hurt, this or that or the other. But if you consistently get out there and get after it, you know, whether it's the weights, whether it's if you do yoga, those types of things, whether it's your nutrition, you know, and this carries on into life too. What, you know, you get up every day and go to work. You know, mm-hmm. I when I'm working, when I was back working, uh, before all the craziness happened, you know, I would go into the clinic and I would be at the clinic at 6.45. I'd get up at 5.30 every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd have my, my clinic time and work with the athletes and the doctors and those types of things. And I'd have a little break in the middle of the day. And that's when I would train. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd do my run then, my lifting and all that for a couple of hours or whatever, and then go out to the schools, the games or you know, whatever I needed to do and so forth. So, you know, you have that consistency. And uh, Dwayne Baker was an athletic director of mine at South High School. And uh, he happened to be from Salina, up in, really? your, ne- up in your neck okay, of the woods. Awesome. And, uh, but he, he had more common sense. And he, he told me, he says, Mike, he says, you got to have a reason to get out of bed every day. Mm-hmm. And I've never forgotten that. You know, he was had been in the military and he taught school and was the athletic director. And uh, he just had a lot of, of, of horse sense, common sense. And he said, you got to have a reason to get up. And, you know, I retired. I've retired a couple of times. I retired from teaching in 2011. And then, uh, you know, but I wasn't ready to retire. And, you know, uh, this athletic training thing, and I'm still not ready to retire. You know, I, this time off has really brought that to focus that I am not ready to retire from doing what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of guys uh, that have retired teachers and those types of things, and they go home and it's like, you know, things happen and they get sick or this or that or the other. And it's like, you know, you can only go home and arrange the closet so so much or, you know, yeah. there's only so much lawn to mow. You got to have a purpose for living. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy being around people. I enjoy the training. Um, because you're only going to race once in a while. Exactly. You've, you've got to enjoy the training as well. And, uh, you know, that's one thing. I did a half iron, and uh, people say, well, you do an Ironman? I said, I would not mind doing an Ironman. I love the racing part of it, but the training, especially the bike training, 
It's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, I've got so much stuff to do at home. You know, you got to, you, you know, you get up at seven on a Saturday morning and say, well, I'm going to go out and ride 120 miles. It's like, I'll be oh. home in seven, eight hours. Yeah, yeah. I'll be home in yeah. seven, eight hours. Like, who's going to mow the lawn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and you're all exhausted. those types of things. And your wife has got to be pretty supportive yeah, already. My wife is, Just well, to. Well, <laughs> I've, then, I've yeah. trained with a couple people or, or trained people to do Ironman. And the first question I ask them is, your family ready for this? Because you're going to be devoting. 30, 25, 30 hours. And that's without a significant amount of that's weight training. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. A week mm-hmm. and for, for six months. And your family better be behind it. And it's not a cheap sport. Mm-hmm. No. You know, everybody's, oh, it's run. You just need shoes and race fees and airfare. Triathlon and is hotels. very expensive. Mm-hmm. Very, very expensive. And you're right. I remember having a conversation. I was doing a long ride with a friend, and it was her first Ironman. And she said, I have to be done by such and such time because I have a family get together. I said, No, you don't. No, you don't. You've made a commitment. We're doing this Ironman. Don't put anything on your calendar for the next three months on Saturdays and Sundays. Right. And she figured that out really fast. Yeah, and you're doing two a days a lot of times. You're yeah. doing two runs a day. Yeah. Or you're doing a bike and a run or or whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of you know in a seven day week you may be doing twelve workouts or, or ten workouts. Mm-hmm. To, and supplement yeah. with weights. Yeah, and you don't get to complain about it. <laughs> that was my other tip. You don't get to go home and say you're tired. No, ever. I, no, I never do that. My no. wife said, "How you doing? I am I'm great. great. I might be crippled. My back, my <laughs> I legs, barely or move. whatever I'm hurts. Great. I'm feeling, limping feel, around. Feel really I'm good. awesome. I'm feeling really, really good. But yeah. I love that consistency. I mean, you have a if you have a big goal, it can seem very overwhelming. Yes. But if you break it down and you just and if you say, you know what, I know I'm the type of person that's going to show up every day right. and I'm going to do what needs to be done. It's amazing yeah. what you can accomplish in yeah. running and triathletes, just in life in just general. In life. You can't look, if you look at a marathon or a 50K, you can't look at 26 miles. You say, okay, I'm going to do 10, 10, 10. You break it down into segments because mm-hmm. when you're struggling, and I don't care, I don't care if you're a Kenyan. You, there are races, there are times in a race mm-hmm. you're struggling. You're mm-hmm. having a bad, you know, we tell you you're having a bad patch. Yeah, you're yeah, having you a bad time. You hit those time. dark pa- yeah, places every, yeah. Yeah, this has been great. I thank you well, so much, Mike, this, for coming on and well, sharing all your expertise and knowledge yes. with us because, um, you know, it's it's just what you put your mind to, you can accomplish. Well, and all this stuff that we've been talking about, we've talked about on runs. You know, yeah. We've, yeah. we've all run together many miles. Yes. And uh, those types of things. And this is the the kind of thing. So we've just had a had a friendly little chat here this morning without our running shoes on. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> maybe, maybe the first time ever for ever. that. That could very wow. well be. Or a bike. And we're so. cleaned up. And, well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's... that's Staying healthy is so critical because I think for a lot of us as athletes, that's when we get our connectivity and our social time. And I know for me, when I was injured, it was really hard because that got all taken away. And so it's so important to listen to your body, stay Mm -hmm. healthy, stay out there. And, um, well, I you, you never take it for granted. That's the no. thing because you look, you know. Look at me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it could all be taken away from you. You know, that's yeah. that's the thing. Anybody that runs with me for any length of time, I'm always kind of like paranoid of an Achilles tear or whatever. You yeah. know, it's like mm-hmm. it's like one Achilles tear, you're done. You know, those types of things, and, and you know, so don't ever take it for granted. You know, that's and that's life. I mean, that you is know, life. Promises, you know, n- tomorrow's not promised. No, so it's you, not. Absolutely. So. What's no, up not. next week, Alex? I'm. I'm trying to remember what we've got on the schedule for next week. I think we're talking about what it looks like having an injury. Okay. And well, coming back from it. 
Yeah. And we really touch on that socially, emotionally, mm-hmm. um, identifying as an athlete and kind of how to move past that because mm-hmm. that's, that can be really, really difficult. Especially if it's career ending injury. Yes. I've, um, I've had to deal with some of those where kids have had to retire or whatever. They've had a bad ACL or whatever. And it's, yeah, you lose your identity. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is very, very tough. And like I said yeah. before, that's why I, you know, I take every day as a blessing because mm-hmm. it can be taken away in a minute. And you have to realize that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks everybody for joining us today. And if you have yeah. a secret to your success um, as how you've stayed healthy as an athlete over the age of 40, we'd love to hear from you. So um, just leave us a comment on our blog post and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike, thanks. for being yeah, here. Thanks, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the PRing Life podcast. If you are interested in learning more or would like to work with us, head on over to our website, www.northsidefunctionalmedicine.com. See you next time.